coming to you from beautiful, not downtown Toronto, but beautiful Barbados. This is Live at 605, and you're tuned in to Season 2. Let's do this. So we're coming to you, to, well, to start the season off right, Season 2, we had to do things big, so we are doing it on location live from beautiful Bridgetown, Barbados, and I am here once again. It's only fitting that I start the season off right with the award winner herself, <laughs> Val Gomez. Hello. How's it going? Pretty, pretty relaxing. Yeah, we are right now on our balcony in our resort at Casarina in beautiful Barbados, and we're sipping, uh, I'm drinking a Banks beer, and Val's drinking... Rum punch. And they're a little bit watered down, only because it just started to tropical rain, <laughs> yeah. and I had to run, uh, we had to run back to our hotel room with, uh, with our drinks and everything. But we're excited, we're doing this live on location, and before we get things started, I always have to give a shout out to the sponsor and say who's sponsoring the show this week. I'm happy to say that for season two, we have a returning sponsorship to the show this week, and we are sponsored, season two, episode one, by Boys Town Brew. Yeah. Your secret's safe with us. Ooh. Boys Town Brew is awesome. They're lucky enough, or we're lucky enough, that they wanted to sponsor us on this vacation. They're so great for us in season one. They sponsored the concert episode with me, Sean, and Dan. And it was such a big hit that they're like, you know what? We want to help you out. We're going to send you to Barbados. We want you to podcast. We want you to go on island excursions and go to the beach and just tell us what you're living and how you're doing. I love it. I love being parts of the Boys Town Brew experience, you know? feels really good to be, you know, sitting on that bandwagon. Exactly. So, now that we got the sponsorship out of the way, I want to give a shout out to the beer that I'm drinking. That's Banks Beer. They're the official beer of Barbados. And it's a very nice and easygoing beer. It reminds you of like a Corona or a Soul or something. So delicious. Yeah. Okay, so this week for the first episode, we're going to talk about a couple different things. And first, I kind of want to talk about... Uh, season one, just kind of how we left off and talk about maybe some of our favorite episodes, favorite moments, our least favorite moments, and then we'll talk about our whole Barbados experience thus far. Yeah, I think there's a plane coming. Hold on. Yeah, if you guys can hear maybe a plane in the background, there's some bird, or is that thunder? I don't know what's, I don't going. Know what's going on either. I think it's a plane. Oh yeah, it's a plane. <laughs> so let's start this off by talking about after the plane goes by. <laughs> and we're back Thank from that you. plane. Okay. Um, I want to start season two by talking a little bit about season one. And I want to talk about like maybe my top three moments. Mm -hmm. And uh, first, before we do that, though, I just want to give a shout out to everyone who's been listening and listened to the very first season. Mm -hmm. Again, if you want to reach me, you can follow me on Twitter. Just search at Malloncamp, M-A-L-L-O-N-C-A-M-P. You can like us on Facebook. Just search live at 605. You can... Tweet. Tweet, I just said. Mm -hmm. Mal at Malloncamp. Oh, I thought that was your Gmail. Oops. Oh, Gmail. That's <laughs> that's what I couldn't think of. Yeah. <laughs> you can email me. Just uh, email live at 605 at gmail.com. And then go to Podomatic. That's live at 605.podomatic.com. Dot com and you can contribute to the podcast by clicking the PayPal sign on the right-hand side of the website, and you can help get us on more vacations if you want, or whatever else we're doing here. I think it's really cool to mention, though, that for season one, you guys, like, how far you actually reached with this podcast so far. 
Yeah, let's list off the places. Of course, we had a pretty big following in Toronto, so shout out to everyone, all the friends and people who I don't even know who download in Toronto, mm-hmm. Ottawa, Montreal. Those were probably the top three yeah. uh, places in Canada. You got some pretty obscure places. We're guaranteed we don't know anyone. Yeah, well, let's see. There was recently this past week Afghanistan. Yeah. Which at first I was like, okay, is this an Afghani or is this maybe a soldier yeah. who's down here? And then I was just like, oh, who, who cares who it is? I'm just glad it got out all yeah. that way. Excuse me. Um, there was also Berlin. Yep. Just downloaded some. There was South Africa. Turkey. Turkey has done it. Ghana, like I said. Yeah. Ghana, I'm still trying to find out who's in Ghana. You were my first, like, exotic location. Very cool. So if the person in Ghana is still listening, email me, tweet me, or Facebook me. Let me know who you are. There's also Dominican Republic, which I talked about in season one. That was really good. And just, like, all over the UK and Ireland and throughout the States, there's been a really big following, so... Mm. Hopefully season two will grow and maybe we'll make it to South Korea, North Korea, China. Um, I want some more obscure places. I want like Middle Antarctica or something. Yeah, I was going to say somewhere like really cold like the Arctic would yeah. be pretty cool. But yeah, so the, the first season went off better than I ever thought it could. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about my, my top three favorite moments of season one and then okay. I'll ask you if you have some favorite moments. First one I got to say, probably my favorite favorite episode or the I think the funniest episode mm-hmm. has got to be Concert Chaos. Yep. That was the one where it was, it was with me, Sean, and Dan, and we ended up just getting drunk off our Boys Town brew beer that was sponsored to us. That was such a spontaneous night of drinking as well. Oh, yeah. It was just like the guys were going to come over. You were there, and we are just like, oh, uh, we'll make dinner, have some drinks, and then podcast, but it turned into like... A lot of drinks, a little bit of dinner, and just like, I liked it because you, you were in the background laughing hysterically, <laughs> and you could hear you just kind of contributing to a couple things, uh, and I thought it was, I thought we talked about some pretty funny stuff, but the best part about that episode mm-hmm. was for some reason, Sean's just like, so I figured out who the three of us are, we're like, who? He's like, we're the three stooges. Yeah. I was, and we're like, what? Dan's like, that doesn't make any sense, and his Dan... Dan says that he spills his beer, like, all over the floor. I love it. And in, like, typical Dan fashion, he's like, whoa. <laughs> and Sean's like, y- yep, that's what I mean. I'm just, I just, like, put my head in my hand. I'm like, ah, guys. So true. But some behind-the-scenes knowledge or info for that episode was, as funny as it was, we got off to a bit of a rocky start because we were a good 20 minutes into the podcast originally mm-hmm. when the uh, podcast that we were recording on to ended up crashing and we lost everything. Yeah. So we had to redo the intro and we had like a really good groove. I think it still turned out pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And then we lost the whole ending as well because we talked about some of our least favorite concerts and we also talked about our trip to New York to see the darkness. But that crashed and we lost all of it. Shit. But uh, don't fret, I'll have the guys back later on in the season to conclude the worst concert experiences. Okay. So that was one of my favorite episodes. Is there one that you really liked or, or stood out? Um, I definitely, obviously, for obvious reasons, love, like, the first couple for the relationships, just because it was setting up your podcast, you know, getting people familiarized with you, etc. But, um, I really, really found the Big Wreck one with you and Dan really funny, just because I think Dan took my place in the sassy formation. Oh, yeah. But it was also because I hadn't heard, even though I've known you for, like, five years, Dan for four, there were certain stories I hadn't heard before, um, and I've heard you guys talk about Big Rec forever, so it was really interesting to even hear it as like a third-party listener. So those ones were my favorite. And Dan's sassy comments. Oh yeah, you gotta gotta love the anyone who's sassy. You had some very sassy comments. <laughs> so season one, as did Dan. Yeah. 
Yeah, just to quickly touch, so you said the relationships, I was really proud of that's probably my second favorite moment, mm-hmm. just because I like how like honest we were, and we talked mm-hmm. about kind of the hits and misses of, mm-hmm. of getting together, because we had a pretty interesting story, it wasn't as cut and dry as just meeting at a bar and like going out. For sure. There was moo moo chicks, and there was all kinds of just craziness. Yeah. Definitely check out relationships part one through three. Yeah, to find out how we went from being friends to being on a balcony in Barbados. Totally. It's our four-year anniversary. Exactly, yeah. We just celebrated four years of being awesome couple. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm going to post a picture, but... One of the, the best ways, we don't like to do too much like public displays of affection. I, my, always, my thing is people who do like hardcore PDAs are the ones who are usually in trouble because I'm like, you're trying to prove to the world that you, you're like, look at me, we're dating. For Whereas sure. the people who don't have to, I'm like, I'm dating you, you know you're dating me, yeah. what are we going to prove this to other people? But the, the one funny thing is when we were getting ready to come on this trip, the great thing about us is every trip we've ever been on, we've shared one suitcase for all of our yeah. all of our clothes and books and whatever. Like straight up, boyfriends of the world recognize how easy it is for me to pack and share a suitcase that is carry-on size with John. Do not need to bring multiple suitcases for shoes and makeup and stuff like that. I have had beach hair the entire trip. I brought about seven sundresses, two pairs of shorts, Multiple t-shirts, so I am well-equipped. I'm not traveling like a hobo. No. But we shared one suitcase, which I'm pretty sure could fit on the plane. We wouldn't have to check it. Exactly. So that's going to be our next vacation, trying to che- not check the bag, just put it on the, on the airplane or whatever. Yeah. And the last thing I want to talk about for season one that I really liked was three episodes in particular. They were my quote-unquote weirdo exploratory episodes. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest influences for the podcast, it wasn't actually a podcast, it was a TV show, okay. and it's Community. So anyone who's whoever watched or has watched Community kind of from start to beginning or start to end, you'll know that they'll do a couple episodes where they're just, you know, in the, the universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then they every season they have like four or five, maybe even six episodes that are just kind of out there and different and strange. Like the one that was on last week mm-hmm. was when they did like a Freaky Fridays episode where Troy and that switched bodies. How fitting as we watched Freaky Friday last night. I know, it was on the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. Lindsay Lohan episode. But I'm like, I just loved that that episode, or that show, you never knew what you were going to get each week. So I'm like, oh, this week might be something different. Or yeah. It's not just as cut and dry as them going to school and like, For sure. our assignment to do this week. So that's why I was like, I want to try and do, if I'm doing 12 episode seasons, want to do at least three episodes that are outside of the box. Yep. And so the three episodes I'm talking about are the ones with Chiboy. Yeah. Where I had Chiboy come in and I talked to him for a bit. He was a guy who has a very high, uh, almost chipmunk-like voice. Yep. Not to be confused with me. No. <laughs> come on, Natalie. <laughs> there is also the episode, the walking episode. Yep. Which has turned out to be the most controversial episode. Oh. Because people who have written in have either, or talked to me and said they either loved it or they hated that episode. Okay. And people are just like, like, oh, I thought it was really cool. I've never heard an episode where someone just walked down the street. And the episode was me leaving work, walking home, just talking about the different things I saw. Yeah. But at the same time, I had people tell me, you lost your train of thought. What are you doing? You can't walk down there. There's too, the cars are too loud or whatever. But I think that's the merit of walking down the street, isn't it? That you always get sidetracked and it's like all the different thoughts like that go through one's head. Yeah, as I was saying, you don't know your podcast is good until people tell you that it sucks. Because that's, that's the only way is, you know, when, when there's haters out there. Aww. But I gotta say, I don't think... And even the people are just like, oh, I didn't like the walking episode. They're just yeah. like, you should do one where maybe you just 
you know, you're standing at Dundas Square and just talking to people yeah. or whatever. But uh, I never got any bad criticism. It was just people being like, oh, it was different. It was interesting. And the other episode that I thought I did that I thought was pretty cool was the alien invasion episode. I thought that was really creepy. Yeah, I just liked it because it started off as a normal podcast, and the mm-hmm. first half an hour was just me talking like I normally would. And then all of a sudden, it, um, there were aliens attacking yeah. me, and I ended up in a lair and a dungeon and this and that. No, it was a really like, subtle way of introducing the aliens, so it felt like more convincing until it busted out into War of the Worlds. But well, that was my biggest influence for that episode. Obviously. But yeah, you know, Beth and Nathaniel was like, whoa! <laughs> and Leonard, of course. Leonard. Good old Leonard. I think I actually spotted Leonard here at the resort, so we My might... My God. We might try and get him on the podcast to talk to him later on. That'd be great. Yeah. And that's why I, I think people keep tuning in each week, is because they don't know what they will get, whether it'll be a straight-up, you know, podcast between me and, and someone else just talking, or if it will be one of those crazy out there outside the box podcast so right definitely expect this year this season that there's gonna be i have some cool guests coming i will only give one guest away and that is the infamous pops malin we'll be stopping by he is a father husband and overall stud so <laughs> he'll be on sometime earlier on this season we're gonna podcast together when he comes down to toronto yeah i do find him dreamy yeah and we have a couple other cool guests who i can't say their names just yet, but they may or may not be close to my guests who I'm talking to right now. Ooh, not by proximity. No. So we'll just leave it at that. And that's all. Is there anything else you want to say about season one, or? No, I just think it's it's pretty cool, because, I mean, you always just think it's going to be your friends listening, but this is clearly, like, when you have, like, 70 downloads a day, and it's, like, five of them are in, like, Ireland, and, like, 20 of them are in L.A., and stuff, like, we don't know people in those areas, and like one in Afghanistan, that's pretty cool, so definitely keep listening to season two, Yeah, worth the listen. Yeah, it's awesome, in the 12 weeks that I did this, I've had over 3,000 downloads, so I mean, that's pretty good, so thanks mm-hmm. to all the viewers and the fans out there, I appreciate all the great feedback. Mm-hmm. Always, You're always featured on the iTunes homepage, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I've been on the front page for about three months now, so mm-hmm. I'm going to try and keep that up. Okay, should we get into the vacation talk? Yeah. Should we do this thing? Before we get started, I just want to say, can I tell you what my least favorite part about going on vacation is? What? My least favorite part about going on vacation is the day you get back to work, uh. but not because you have to go into work. I hate the gauntlet that you have to go through that is everybody that you see who's just like, oh, tell me about the vacation. How was it? And it's just like you go, you know, you, you get in at 9 in the morning and by 2 o'clock you finally finish telling everybody because you talk to one person and you walk down the hall, there's, there's the next person. person. It's never like... It's like I need to get my whole department, sit them in a circle, and tell them all the stories. You almost want to just pick, like, one anecdote story from the trip and then just use that. If it's quick, sweet, to the point, has a little bit of humor, just say that. Exactly. So, anyways, I I just thought that was funny. That was my least favorite part. That's all I'm dreading. I'm not dreading going back to work next week. I'm dreading telling every single person that I see. (laughs) And the other thing that bugs me is... Uh, I'm very, very white, Yes. and I either burn or I don't tan, and I'm actually pretty burnt right now. That's, yeah, you're tomato-y red. Well, we'll take a picture and put it on the Facebook group, but I hate when I get back and people are like, did you really go on vacation? You didn't get a tan. It's like, well, you know, it goes away once you get back, and when you burn, it's just like, get the, get the fuck out of here. Come on now. <laughs> okay, well, John is, you know, a little bit sinister right now. Get back on... Relax, you're in Barbados time. Yeah, that's the slogan when we landed 
uh, yesterday was relax, you're in Barbados. Mm -hmm. And we got to the airport. Should we say how quickly we booked this yeah, trip? Yeah, definitely. What? I think it's worth it to... Well, yeah, one of the things about us, too, is we're always last-minute bookers. We never book... We're not one of those people who book two months in advance, two weeks in advance. We book about three days in advance. And we booked this trip on a Thursday at 1 in the morning, and we left the preceding Monday. So, what was that, three days? Yep. And it was awesome. We got a really good deal. I highly recommend people booking last-minute because we saved over a 1000 bucks on this trip. Yeah. So, that's awesome. And first thing, when we got to the airport... The one thing I found funny was I noticed just the different groups of people going on vacation together. Okay. It was very stereotypical. Did I say that right? No. I didn't. I said like stereotypical. No, you said serial typical. Ser <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm Jones and Person Lucky Charms back in Toronto. Okay. So stereotypical people. Yeah. There was like the group of nerds. Yeah. Well, I'm like, okay, there's three pasty pale white guys who are gonna get burned and not laid this oh, week. Okay. There was a stereotypical. Why can't I say this word? There was the jocks with their backwards hats and their skinny jeans and their big, you know, not FUBU shirt, but whatever. Okay. I'm like, okay, those guys are just going to go get too drunk and end up circle jerking themselves off later on in the week. Okay. And then there was, like, the nerdy women who were going to go and, like, let loose and then just, you know, hook up with the pool boy. Slut it up. Yeah, but I'm like, I didn't see, like, any mixing crossbreeding between, uh, you know, groups of people of, like, two nerds and one jockey guy or... Or anything like that. So I, right. that's just what I noticed. I like to look at, I like the people watch. What do these people think when they see us? Two very cool, good-looking, with-it people. <laughs> that's what, well, when we got off the plane here, what did the, the first person who greeted you in custom say? I don't know. Pretty lady. And let me just say, there was about 30 women who walked before in front of you, yeah. and that woman didn't say shit to them, but... <laughs> But she's like, pretty lady to you. She liked my shoes. <laughs> she said, pretty lady and pretty shoes. So, okay. so I thought that was funny. Um, do you want to tell everybody about the experience about when we got on the plane? Uh, okay, so John is amazing in the respect that you pre-booked our seats, and you always try and get us a window seat and a middle seat together. And, you know, I was really stoked because, you know, flying in, we had a morning flight. You got to fly into the island and, you know, see the landscape and everything, it's super beautiful, so you want to be able to see that. So John is making that happen for me. Fully get walking onto the plane, walking down into our seat, and it's perfectly labeled on the overhead compartments, yet when I get there, in my E and F seat, is a woman sitting in my seat. And she is super non-apologetic about it. She's just like, oh, uh... Is, is this your seat? And you're like, yeah, no, um, we booked that seat. Yeah, I was like, we booked the window in the middle seat. She's like, oh, I, I didn't even know that. I didn't know where I was supposed to sit. It's like, okay, but not even motioning to get up. Like, you have made yourself comfy. You have started to hibernate in my damn seat. So yeah. then I was like, fuck this, whatever. I'll let you sit there. So I was like, no, that's fine. We'll just sit here in the middle seat in the aisle seat. And so I thought it was good because you at least got leg room to stretch your legs. So then I was like, all right, let's sit. But then for the next two hours of the trip, like 10 seconds in, snoring at the freaking top of her lung, this woman has never had a fucking day of sleep in her life, yeah. right? Through my headphones, like blasting Metallica, I can still hear her over James Hetfield. So yeah. I was like, what is this? Well, the thing that bugged me about it was the main reason why I wanted to get you the window seat. Mm -hmm. Like going back to Toronto, I don't care where we sit, if we have the middle yeah. or aisle. 
But the main reason why you want the window seat going somewhere is for when you're starting to land, uh -huh. you can look out the window and see where you're landing. And yeah. Like, We've never been to Barbados, so I wanted you to see, like, firsthand, like, oh, here's the island. And, of course, her fat head was blocking the window. Seriously? She wouldn't even move it for us to see. So, either way, knowing our luck from previous trips, like St. Lucia, is this woman not my fucking shadow for the rest of my life while we're here? So, we're obviously in the same resort. She's yeah. sitting behind us in the bus taxi thing to the resort. Yeah. Today, we're on an excursion. Is she not sitting in front of me on the way to the like resort? Like the six-hour excursion adventure. Yeah. It, yeah, we'll get to that. It was funny, too. When we got off the plane, like, it was a pretty smooth flight. No problems. Got through customs, this and that. I think we're just too fast for our own good. Yeah. Because we blew through customs, and we got, like, our luggage right away, and we got to the taxi, and we sat there for a good 15 minutes. It was longer. It felt like 25 minutes. Before, like, the rest of the people coming to our resort caught up to us, and yeah. we're just sitting there, and we were just watching, like, all the local people walk around and stuff like Straight that. Straight up, it felt like an episode of Locked Up Abroad. Like, we saw our luggage go one way, and they were going to strap some cocaine into it, and then they are going <laughs> to kidnap us. Like, it was a dual episode of Locked Up Abroad. Exactly. But anyways, we got to the resort, and really nice resort. It was kind of funny when we got here. Because we're at Casarena, which is a really great resort, and it's right on the uh, the Water. beach. And on the Caribbean side. Caribbean side. And so, prior to this trip, we've been to Aruba together a couple times, Bahamas, and St. Lucia. Yeah. And then separately, Dominican, Cuba, etc. Yeah, exactly. So, I was asking you yesterday, when we were in the water, swimming in the ocean, I was like, what... So far, out of all your vacation, is your favorite like body of water out of all these resorts? This one. Yeah, and I, I had to agree. It was between Barbados and Bahamas. And the great thing about where we're at is we have really big wavy water. Mm -hmm. But see, a lot of people think it's like too violent water, but I'm like, I don't feel like it is. It's like perfect waves. The sand is like absolutely gorgeous and soft and clean. So it feels really nice. And the, the water is warm. Like it doesn't feel cold like you would in the Atlantic side. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, you don't have to, like, slowly dip your whole body in the yeah. water. Like, you jump in, and the good thing is you don't dic dictate... Dictate. <laughs> Why can't I talk today? My dad. You don't decide when you get wet. The, the waves decide when you get yeah. fully wet, you know? But having said that, like, even, like, we landed, and by the time we got to the resort on Monday, it was, like, almost, like, 5.30, and we still jumped into the water, and it was fine. Yeah. I just love it because... So when we got here... Um, because they are under new management, they're going from, like, a family resort to a couple's resort. <laughs> they don't technically have a front desk here. Like, you know when you or get... Or a the, computer. Or, exactly, that's what I managed. When you get the most resorts, you get in the line, there's someone with a computer booking to check you in. This one was, we all got in the front lobby, and the guy was like, okay, is there a John Mallon? I have an envelope for you to sign and fill out. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> and so, it was just funny, because, like, the first... Yeah, uh, we're all just standing there. It's not even a desk to write on. Yeah, just kind of getting in here and checking in was kind of just like a comedy of errors. Because even when we got our key, this and that, there was a nice guy who took us to our room, but then none of our keys worked to get into the room. <laughs> yeah. And we had like swipey keys, none of them worked. So we just came back with like a manual key that you put into a lock hmm. and turn. So that was kind of funny. But having said that, like I love our I think room. our room is really nice. It's clean. It's huge. Huge. Nice big king-size bed. This is also probably my favorite balcony out of all the places Definitely. we've stayed at. It's really nice. We have an awesome view of the garden and the pools. Yeah. Which is really cool. And we, we you know, there's always kind of cool frog sounds going in this and that, mm -hmm. which is fine. And like you said, the first day we got here, still got to go to the beach, ate some food. And then yesterday, Tuesday, was our first full day here. And we basically just were beach bums all day. 
Yeah, that's how we both got like completely burned. Well, it's funny, we started the day, and I'm like, I'm going to put lots of suntan lotion on, because I'm like, I'm going to... SPF 50. SPF 50, you're like, oh, I'll put a lot on, too, but you're like, I never burn. I've only burned once, once in my life. Once in my entire life. Like, clearly, I am not of the Caucasian persuasion, so I have, you know, darker pigmentation. you think I'd be fine in some, like, Barbados heat. And how? how? Oh, my God. I am, like, burnt to a crisp. I look like I was formerly white, like, I'm actually digressing in Michael Jackson persona, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, and I just look like a lobster, like, it's bad. My, all my arms, my chest, even my kneecaps, for yeah. some reason, are burnt. <laughs> but, like, the size of my body yeah. isn't burnt. It's very weird, but, um, anyways, yesterday was just all beach all the time. We had some really good food, this and that. And then I think we just watched, like, The Voice at night and watched Jeopardy. Yeah. One of our traditions, whenever we go on vacation, we have to watch Jeopardy. For whatever reason, yeah. We never watch it when we're home. We always just watch it here. Yeah. Okay, and then today, fast forward to Wednesday, was a lot of fun. We spent the day going around the island. Which is beautiful. Yeah, so we ended up doing, it was called the Discovery Tour. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. We had a guide from the hotel, took us out, and then we had a driver who was really funny, a lot of fun, and it was cool. So we did two things. First... He, they drove us to Harrison's Cave, yep. which is one of the, which is the eighth wonder of the world. What I read, yeah, and it was a giant underground cave. I yeah, guess. it has like different. Um, oh my god, septicolites and septicolites. Mm-hmm. So like just different calcium deposits forming underground, and it was like um, at the tallest point of Barbados, the cave would be, but then you'd end up being like theoretically like 160 feet underwater. Yeah. And then it was just, like, absolutely gorgeous. There's, like, mini waterfalls inside. It's, like, obviously, like, a bat cave on one side, which we weren't allowed to go to. But then there's, like, um, different streams and little lakes and stuff like that. And they were talking about the first, um, whatchamacallit, like, I think his name is Richard Lyon, who discovered yeah. it in the 1700s. But then... Good memory. Look at Tony you. Mason, who <laughs> came back and, re, um, like, navigated through the whole thing. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, my two favorite parts about this trip, or about the Harrison's Cave excursion, mm-hmm. was first of all, I was burnt to a crisp, like you were saying earlier. So my first favorite part was when we got there, and we went into like a, a dark room to watch a movie about Harrison's Cave. So everyone turned up the lights, and I just kind of closed my eyes, and it was nice and cold. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my throbbing body feels good yeah and then my second favorite part was when we were in your, when we were in the cave it was cool because we were almost in like a trolley where we were getting pulled around yeah and one part halfway through the lady's just like all right now everyone turn off your cameras turn off your flashlights we're gonna turn all the lights off and this is what it was like when steve mason what was his name tony mason steve mason's a goalie <laughs> tony mason it's just like in the 70s when he first rediscovered the caves this is what he had to go through, and it was just pitch black. Yeah. And so, I, again, I was like, oh, pitch black and cold. I like this. Yeah. But I thought it was cool. Like, there was waterfalls, and it was just fun to kind of sit down and navigate and learn some history and take some pictures, and mm-hmm. I liked that. And the other cool thing was when we got out of Harrison's Cave, anyone who's listening, if you've watched Lost, I felt like we were slash – I felt like we were in – the Dharma Initiative slash Jurassic Park. Yeah. Because it felt like the greenery and all the trees, like a T-Rex was going to go come out. come out. But also there was like this huge building, like this tall tower with three so elevators. Kinda, yeah, it kind of looked like... Pods? Or, or pods, pods or, but like also 
Do you know, remember in Lost when it was like, I know we talk about Lost a lot if you listen to the Complexity episode. The episode where it's like, I think they called it like the fertility statue. It was like that giant deer thing with the foot missing. Yeah. That statue. That's um, what it felt like to me. Yeah, it was just, it was really kind of surreal and cool. And it's just, every once in a while when I'm on this trip, I just kind of think to myself like, wow, I'm actually on vacation mm-hmm. outside of Toronto, outside of Canada, just on this island right now. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of, you try to kind of, Got to just soak it in and be like, oh, okay, good. I'm just, I'm nice and relaxed yeah. here. And I think it's really cool, too, because they said, <laughs> this is going to make me sound like a nerd. Okay. But they said, like, all the other islands in the Caribbean are based on volcanic rock. And, like, this one is based on limestone and sediment. So it's naturally way more moisturized and, like, a higher level of, um, whatchamacallit, water concentrate. So that's why it's so lush all year round. Yeah. So it's just instantly when we come out here, it's like... You're so like, oh, this heat, this like damn moisture is insane. Yeah, I think the temperature is like 33, 33 degrees, but humidity feels like 40. That's what it was. I was like, what yeah. the hell is the damn word for moisture I'm going for, humidity? So we exit Harrison's Cave, and then we eat a nice lunch outside of there, and we're in a group of what, like seven or eight people? Yeah. And then from there, we went to this wildlife preserve mm-hmm. area. And one of the things I liked about this trip was... I just like driving around the island and looking to see like, you know, what kind of houses they have here, look at the different beaches, look at the different stores and stuff like that. It's just, and I definitely think Barbados is a, one of the wealthier islands, I'd mm-hmm. say. I think it's like that in Aruba. Yeah, so it was cool. We went, there's a lot of windy roads. Mm-hmm. They drive on the left-hand side here. Oh, here's a fun fact, because I asked one of the people. So for all of you people looking to now come after our story about Barbados to come buy a house down here or rent a place, Pure House Hunters International moment, I asked how much a two-bedroom, like our Live at 605 headquarters are, how much would that come to be down here? And she said 1200 Barbados dollars, which yeah. if converted into American dollars would probably be about 625 Yeah. So think about that, people. If you want to buy or rent a two-bedroom apartment... Yeah. Or like a house, like villa-style house here. You could fully probably do it on a Toronto salary. There you go. And as we were driving around the island, they pointed out a TV station that they just... CBC. CBC that's out here now. So we were both like... Mm. Interesting. If we ever get tired of the cold Toronto winters, mm-hmm. we could just come out here and work for the CBC and you, mm-hmm. you, you would probably run the whole thing. No. And I would write, just write different scripts for uh, the weather people or something like that. I like it. There's one weather station here where we were flipping through TV channels. There's only like eight channels we get here, but there's like this one weather guy with like a fake parrot that he had puppet. (laughs) I think that's really funny. I think it also reminds me of like going to school and doing like when you're learning how to do live broadcasts and like the caliber of production. (laughs) Yeah, it's always funny. Whenever we go on vacation, we always watch, you know, like the hotel videos that's on like their standard channel. And we always think to ourselves like, I think we could do a better job. Like, we should just move to Aruba and do all the hotel videos for everybody. For sure. And either charge them, you know, not too expensive, just give us room for a year or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Okay, so back to the trip. We're driving around the island. We go from Harrison's Cave to the wildlife area. And this was cool. It, um, it was basically a preserve that had a bunch of turtles. Yeah. Monkeys. Yeah. 
When we say turtles, we mean more like tortoises, tortoises. like ginormous ones. It's basically almost like a maze where you just walk through this, this area, and as you're walking through, you're stepping over tortoises. Yeah, there's no fences. No fences. There's monkeys just flying over your head. Yeah. And uh, they... There's deer. Deer. There was peacocks. peacocks. And one thing that kind of stood out to me was... All the tortoises were just humping each other. Yeah, it's like mating season for tortoises right like, now. They were just going buck wild. And the other funny thing was they made crazy noises. Yeah, I didn't know tortoises made any sounds. Uh, I don't know if I should repeat it, but it's like kind of like... Sounds <laughs> 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 yeah, like a swan. Sounds like a swan or some fat clown having sex or something. <laughs> so we're stepping over mating tortoises. Yeah. The monkeys are were cool, but they're definitely one of the animals that I'm most afraid of. You kept saying they're gonna scratch off your face. Well, there is that woman on Oprah who had her face ripped off by that a monkey. That was by like a full baboon. Yeah, but monkeys are your best friend until they want to eat you. Oh my god. So that was cool. There was uh, not flamingos, but. Little, like, baby parrot-looking flamingos. That just kind of, like, would chase us around and stuff. Yeah. And there was, like, a rooster that was going crazy. And then you'd walk into, like, another, like, they're kind of like um, treehouse canopy yeah. areas. And they had, like, a boa constrictor. Oh, so and, crazy. And, like, four-foot iguanas. Yeah, it was awesome. The only one crazy, or the one crappy thing was... It was so damn hot. I have, like, John and I, when we went, I guess it was St. Lucia when we went ziplining. Ziplining, yeah. We went ziplining, and obviously we're, like, 800 feet in the air, so it's, like, and you're under jungle, so it's, like, really humid, it's really hot, I've never sweated so much in my life. Then this trip happened, Ooh. and I was, like, about to pass out. I was so freaking hot. Yeah. It was, like, we're sweating, my sunglasses are, like, sliding off my face. Yeah, words couldn't describe how hot it was. I think we have a couple of pictures, maybe we'll post of just like the sweat yeah. dripping down our bodies. Yeah, and then I think that what added to it, I was getting like really nervous that we were going to be stranded in this like maze-like treehouse really? thing. Really? Well, because I was like, oh my god, we can't even be like, let's just get out of this treehouse and then we're back. Yeah. It was like, no, we have to find a freaking path, like Goldilocks or I knew Hansel where we and Gretel going. and try and find our way back. I was just following the nice Indian family that was with us. <laughs> yeah. uh, wherever they're going, I'm following yeah. them. So that was fun, and after that, we just kind of all hung out, mm-hmm. and uh, we had complimentary rum punches, and we talked to the driver for a bit. You got, as always, you get very chummy and friendly, and, <laughs> and he was a really nice guy, he said. He was originally from Barbados, but then moved to Edmonton, Edmonton and worked down there for a bit, then moved back to Barbados in 2000, mm-hmm. and he was just like a cool guy. He knew a lot about Canada, and just, uh, I always like it when your tour guide is nice and funny, and, and he just knew the island yeah. really well. Which was cool. So after that, we drove home. But before we got back here, the guy was like, don't tell the resort, but I'm taking you somewhere else. This isn't part of the tour. And he took us to the, was it the Atlantic The side? Atlantic Ocean side of Barbados. Which was awesome because he took us to one of the beaches. We took a bunch of pictures. And it was, he was saying this is where a lot of surfers come, like world-class surfers. Because this area had a lot of huge waves that people come. And mm-hmm. they were saying like, oh, today's a tame day, but the waves were huge. That normally you're not allowed to go in the water on that side at all. Yeah. And it's obviously not supervised by any means, so you're kind of at your own accord. Yeah, so I thought that was fun, and after that we just drove home, and I felt like we were going to pass out in the back seat because we were so hot and so tired, and then we all had the windows open, just some wind flowing through our hair. I'm like, oh, I'm We hadn't eaten real lunch yet. No. And uh, so that was just a lot of fun. Then we came back, had lunch, went back to the beach today. I was a little nervous because I'm like, okay, I'm still burnt to a crisp. So I'm like, I'm going to go out and not stay in the water too much. 
And after the beach, we went to the pool area. And it was pretty funny, the group of people who were hanging out at the pool. There was a group of like 10 European people. I think they're from Germany. Germany, maybe. And it's if you guys remember when I talked about Cat Lady, uh, my name, not Cat Lady, the girl who wanted to look at my face, but Cat Lady, the woman who lived next to me uh, in my old apartment. Yeah. Whereas I didn't know if she was 30, 40, or 50 years old. Yeah. It goes double for these German people. I don't know if the dudes are like 30, 40, or 50. Yeah. But it's funny because all the dudes dress the same. Like the, the first two days they're in their like tiny almost speedos, no shirts on, bellies hanging out. This is 24 hours. This is like from the beach to dinner, afterwards for drinks, like no shirts. But then today, the third day here, all the guys are in their shorts in the wa- in the pool, but they all have white t-shirts with backwards hats on. And I'm just like, what's going on It's here? like a boy band, a German boy band. And then they had like their iPod dock going, but they wouldn't stand a song for more than 45 seconds, and 45 seconds being generous. Yeah. Although the one song they did stay on for the whole cycle. Bless you. Bull. I feel like I should be doing this into the mic. Uh-huh. Hold on. Bless you. <laughs> the one song they listened fully through was the most played song ever. Ugh, sigh. Gangnam style. Yeah. Uh, it was just funny, like, they were really loud, but they weren't really annoying or anything. No. And then they had, like, one inflatable raft. raft that was just, it was an inflatable male doll, and he had a big erect penis coming from him, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And yeah. One woman kept trying to jump on, and then she accidentally floated into, like, a little girl, and it's like, oh, my God, yeah. this, this is a crime probably back from where they're from. <laughs> so, and then after that, we have impeccable timing because you're like, do you want to go now and go back to the room? And just as we got up and out of... The pool area it just started to tropical pour rain, yeah. which was crazy. But so far, the stay here has been awesome. Weather's been perfect. It's only rained just now, and it hasn't affected us because we were coming back inside to get ready for dinner. Totally. And then we got a couple days left here. We might do one more part two later on because tomorrow we are going to a place called Bert's Bar. Yeah. Which we're very excited for because we are going to a place that is owned by the owner of the Ottawa Senators, Eugene Malnick. So he owns this bar, he calls Burt Bar, and they play hockey all year round. Mm-hmm. But we are here fortunate enough during the first week of the Stanley Cup playoffs, yep. and our Ottawa Senators are going up against the Montreal Canadiens. Nice. So we're going to go to Burt's Bar tomorrow and watch game one of the Sens-Canadiens game, mm-hmm. and have some food, watch the game, have some drinks, yeah. and I think it should be a pretty fun experience. Wait a second, by the time you post this, the playoffs will be over maybe. It, it probably will. Do you want to make any predictions for round one? I feel like we can take the halves. Okay. I agree with you. I think we're going to beat the halves. I say best of seven, we take them in six games. Really? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Six, six or five. Ooh, you're getting confident yeah. on our senators. I feel like all they got is, what's that fucker's name? Who, Subban? Yeah. Yeah, Carey Price sucks. Yeah. Although, I'm sorry to all the Montreal listeners out there, but, you know, it's just, it's nothing personal. One of Actually, our... we like Subban. He's the nice one, right? Yeah. I just, I, I wish he was on my team because he's so good. That's why I hate him. But yeah. he actually is a good player, and I liked him. He was on uh, SportsCenter mm-hmm. in the lockout. was like a commentator, and he was actually really well-spoken, really cool. I like that player on their team who always smiles. Even when he's, like, about to fight somebody. He's, oh, like, yeah, so yeah. cheery about it. I also like the guy at the turtleneck. Oh, yeah. I think that's funny. <laughs> but either way, I think it'll be a good matchup. I'm glad we're not, you know, facing Pittsburgh or oh, Boston. Boston. Um, I know the Habs wanted to face the Leafs, like, for a fierce competition. But I think this is more leveled out, so I think this is good. 
Yeah, my only other prediction I'm going to make is it's the Toronto Maple Leafs against Boston Bruins round one. My prediction is the Boston Bruins win four straight games. Really? Yeah, I don't think Toronto stands a chance. Ooh. Okay, so should we um, end part one of the Barbados trip? Yeah. Let's end this. One of our other traditions, aside from watching Jeopardy, yeah. is we always get drinks, come back to our balcony, and smoke cigars. Yeah, my mom hates me for this because she thinks it's very unladylike, but I'm actually... I don't know if I'm one of the few girls, because I feel like Scrivens might like doing this, because she seems like a really cool party chick, too, yeah. um, is smoking cigars. I actually find them really t- like tasty, I guess, and like soothing. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm going to light up a cigar now. We're going to say our goodbyes. Yep. And we will talk to you probably Friday night before we leave Barbados. Yep. So let's just... Don't light me on fire. And we're back for part two of Live at 605 in beautiful Bridgetown, Barbados. I am still joined with the lovely Val Gomez here. Yep. And we are recording this on our final full day here in Barbados. We've been here from Monday, and it's now Friday. And sadly, we have to leave tomorrow afternoon, Saturday, and head back to Toronto, Club 605. Hopefully it's sunny there, too, this weekend. But it's been good being held up here in Club 3202. (laughs) Yeah. They've been uh, just as gracious as everyone at Club 605 is. So we just want to kind of keep everybody up to date and just kind of talk about what we've been up to and talk about a couple other funny stories and just, you know, do the podcast as they say. Mm -hmm. So last time we left off with everybody, we had gone to the caves and played with the monkeys and all this kind of stuff. Fast forward a couple days later and we just have basically become beach bums. Totally. Just hanging out. We spent the whole day yesterday at the beach I think we spend the equivalent of an entire working day, like, because we're up at, like, 9 a.m. Yeah. Basically, go down for breakfast, 9.30, and then we're at the beach from 10 a.m. till about 6 p.m. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm lucky or not, but I keep getting burned, but luckily in areas that weren't burnt prior, so it's not like I'm, <laughs> not like I'm burning on top of a burn, necessarily, yeah. because my whole right arm from the first day we were here got burnt to shit, Yeah. and I've been putting on so much sunscreen trying to protect my right arm that now today my left arm is burnt to shit. But it's also, like, you're kind of, like, paint by number because, like, there's still patches on you which have not been burnt yet. And they're in weird locations because it's, like, your upper bicep, like, which naturally isn't covered by anything. So it's, like, why isn't that burned? Exactly. And even you, the unburnable has become a little bit burnt yeah, this week as well. I've never actually – I've only been burnt once in my life when I went to Cuba. And that was pretty painful. But right now my skin is on fire. And I think you're actually, like – Pretty amazed at how pale I used to be. When you see my tan lines, it looks like I was formerly white, like we said the other time. And I just look like a piece of white rice, you know, where I'm not burnt, I guess. White rice on on a tomato, that's what I look (laughs) like right now. (laughs) One of the other fun things we did today, which we always do on vacation, is when we were swimming in the pool... We were playing a couple different rounds of Mary Effer Kill. Yeah. Uh, now, and the ones we did in the pool off podcast, it's more fun for tips for people who want to do this in real life to do it with people you actually know. Oh, yeah. It just makes it more intense and funny. And it's good. Like, this is why I like dating you is because we can talk, we can do Mary Effer Kill with people we know. Oh, fully. And just laugh about and it. And to any of our friends who are listening, we have played with all of you as these people. <laughs> So you can guess whether or not I married F or killed you in this scenario. <laughs> yeah. 
But I want to play a couple, maybe one or two rounds now, and we'll do it not with people we know because that wouldn't be fair. We'll do it with just with who are celebrities or sports people or, or even made up people. Okay. So let's play a round of Mary F or Kill. <laughs> Mary fuck or Kill. Okay, so I'll go first, and you can think of some people if you want. Okay. Let's do a couple rounds. So I want to do keep it sports related since we are gonna go to see the Sens tonight. Okay. So Mary F or Kill, and get out your start Wikipedia. These people, if you aren't Sens fans, people, but uh, Mary F or Kill, Paul McLean, <gasps> Sergey Gonchar. Yeah. Or uh, Jason Svetza. <laughs> All over the map here. So clearly I'd marry Paul McClain. <laughs> Just for the duster alone. Yeah. Probably F Svetza and kill Gonchar. Because you, you always hate Gonchar when he Fs up. I do. He always ends up, like, I know he had a long streak of, like, like four points a game or something like that for like 12 games. But it's just like, um, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> like every time you get a penalty and you're in the penalty box, somehow like last night was the probably only exception. Yeah. The other team always scores. That's true. I was just thinking if you were like effing Spezza, the way he always talks is whenever they interview him after a game and he scores, yeah. he would talk the same way about you as he would hockey. And basically because he's so, he's like the goofiest player in hockey. He'd be like, Oh yeah, it was a good, uh, good heart fought match. I went into their barn and I just tried to go in their barn and uh, <laughs> I scored. Uh, went deep into the barn there and you know got rid of the animals and just uh, <laughs> took it to the barn. <laughs> he always talks about taking it to the barn and going into Ew, the other person's barn. Uh, I don't want him to come in my barn. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Gross. <laughs> you want to do one for me? No, I'm still disgusted. You go again. Okay, Mary F. Or kill Count Chocula. <laughs> is it Mr. Ben or who's Mr. Ben's rice? What's Uncle Ben. Uncle Mr. Ben. Okay, Count Chocula. Yeah. Uncle Ben's. Yeah. Or Bluefish from One Fish, Two Fish, Bluefish, Red Fish. Is that Dr. Odeker? Dr. Seuss. Oops. Who's Dr. Odeker? Is he the cake guy? Who's the cake guy? I don't know. Okay, Camp Chocula, no. Right? So he's dead. Uh, Uncle Ben? Uncle Ben. I feel like he might be related to me somehow. So that just seems creepy. So I'd have to F him. <laughs> and then marry the one fish, two fish? The blue fish. The blue fish. You just keep him in like a tank all day? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Really? <laughs> You got one for me, or do you want me to keep going? Keep going. I'll think of one. Okay, Mary F. Kill. We'll get it back on track with uh, more acceptable people and answers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Bob Saget from Full House. In, like, as Danny Tanner? As Danny Tanner. Yeah, okay. Mary F. Kill. Uh, Danny Tanner. Okay. Early Danny Tanner, like 1988 Danny Tanner. Okay. Bob Saget from America's Finest Home Videos. But Ugh. specifically when he does, like, his weird voice, like... Here we are. Ew. Okay. Or Bob, Bob, I was going to call him Bobby Tanner. <laughs> or Bob Saget, the comedian, 2013 version, like super dirty. Ew, no, I'd have to kill him. Okay. Ah, maybe I'd F him. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably F him. Because okay. then I'd just be like, I'm done with you and your gross like vernacular. Yeah. I'd probably kill Danny Tanner. Okay. Right? <laughs> just because... I just found him, like, incredibly annoying in that okay. series. And then F the voice. No, you'd have to marry the voice. You said Oops. You'd, uh... Damn it. Ah. 
That's the why. speech air is getting to my memory. Ah, <laughs> uh, fine. I'd marry the damn voice. Okay. I suppose. Okay, you. Yes. All right. Marry F or Kill edition Friday night sitcom. Bum, bum, bum. Laura Winslow from Family Matters. Ugh. Or <laughs> Hillary Banks, Ooh. Fresh Prince. Yeah. Or, oh no, I changed it, I changed it. Damn it. The first mother from Fresh Prince. Ugh. Okay. Or, mmm. Kimmy Gibbler, Full House. Wow, you just took this game to another level here. Go. Uh, initially, I got very excited when I heard Hillary Banks, because I always had a thing for her. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's why I got excited. I didn't know that. <laughs> and I think we mentioned this on another podcast, the Complexity one, but you and I might be the only people, I, I'm pretty sure you said you agree with me, I like the second mom in Fresh Prince uh, better than the first mom. Oh, I think everyone does. I thought everyone hated the second mom in Fresh Prince. No, because it wasn't the first mom like a huge bitch. Yeah. So, like, most people hated her. I just thought, like, on the show, like, they liked her as an actress or whatever. Oh, no, they hated her, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to kill her, then. Mm-hmm. Um, Kimmy Gibbler, we just watched... Oh, I won't even say that, she's mean. She looked like someone on Dr. Phil that we just... I figure <gasps> Kimmy Gibbler, present day today, would look like the woman we just saw on Dr. Phil. We uh, don't watch Dr. Phil, We religion. don't watch Dr. Phil, it's just we're getting ready to shower and go out. And I'm not going to say what this Dr. Phil episode was about, because it's really gross. So, anyways, I would F Kimmy Gibbler, and then I would marry uh, Kate Winslet. Or who was it? Kate Winslow? <laughs> Laura Winslow! <laughs> Laura Winslow. Kate Winslet? Just to hang out with, because uh, I'd want to see Urkel turn into Stefan, so I think that would be cool to party with. <laughs> Ridiculous. And should we do one more? Sure. Okay. Um, do you want to do it, or do you want me to do you it? You can go. Okay. Marry F or Kill. Yes. Ryan Gosling from Breaker High. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds from Two Guys, a Girl, on a Pizza Place. Wait, wait. Ryan Reynolds from... Okay. You, you remember that show, Two Guys, a Girl, on a Pizza Place? Yeah, I never watched it, but okay. Or Theo Huxtable. Oh. No, 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 no. Not Theo Huxtable. The fat kid uh, from... Peter? Peter, yeah. He's so funny. But, like, Peter grown up, so... I don't know what the hell. He could be skinny now. That's why you gotta take the gamble. Fine. I'll take the gamble and say he's skinny. Okay. I'd F... Peter, former child star of the Cosby Show, uh, funniest kid ever, and which which was the first Ryan Reynolds from Breaker High? He wasn't in that. Ryan, no Ryan Reynolds from Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place. Then who's what's the other one? Uh, the dude from Drive, Ryan. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling from Breaker High. Oh. Ryan Reynolds from Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place. Uh, probably F. You already said you'd Oops, F Peter. I'd, I'd kill Peter. Oh, you went from effing him to killing him. Kill Ryan Gosling from Breaker. You just killed Oops. Peter. I'm so distracted. <laughs> I kill Fat Peter, F Ryan Gosling on the boat, and then marry the pizza place. Hat <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you play Mary F or Kill Barbados Edition. <laughs> Not stoned. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Or kill. So yesterday was awesome. We spent the day at the beach, and we ended up making a friend in the water, in the waves. Mm-hmm. From this, Pittsburgh. From Pittsburgh, who she turned out, she went from, like, city girl to hardcore, like, country woman. Yeah, somebody at her wedding gave her a pig as a present, like, an actual piglet yeah. kind of thing, so George Clooney styles. I'm always kind of surprised sometimes. I guess it's a vacation thing, or maybe it's something where it's like you'll never see these people again. But sometimes how, like, open and honest people are when you just meet yeah. them in the water. Especially 
in the water because this woman who was super nice and it just started off by we first walked in and she was just like, oh, how you get you guys enjoying your trip? And we're like, we are. How about you? You know, where are you from? This and that. What do you do? And then she's like, oh, she kept talking about her husband. We're like, oh, my husband, he's at the bar. We, you know, we just, we've been getting drunk all this week and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, oh, this is my second marriage. And, you know, I have three kids and like two of them are from my first marriage. And like, it was like, as the waves go by. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I, I got married to my second husband at age 23, but I first got married at 19 or whatever. But I had my first kid, you know, at 18 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so she's like, you do the math. And then we're like, okay, oh. Yeah. <laughs> You're like an MTV show <laughs> if I do the math. Yeah, and we were just talking. We told her what we did, that we both, like, work in TV and this and that. And she's like, oh, that's awesome. She's like, my husband now works for the movies. He does. He drives all the trucks and stuff. And so I thought that was cool. And then... We didn't know what what her husband looked like or anything because he was at the bar and we were in the in the beach. But and she, rem- I remember her distinctly saying, "She's like this man is a far better man than my first one. He's a great, honest man." Yeah, and then we went for lunch and we we're eating lunch and because we were always have insatiable appetites, you ended up going for a second lunch. Yeah, like I went, French fries. <laughs> I went for dessert, and so you went for French fries and you ended up seeing the woman and her husband, and then you pointed him out to me and he looked like. He looked like a wrestler. Yeah, like this big... Like mullet, gray, mullet, gray hair. Not even a Like it was long hair, like longer than her hair, down to like almost his butt crack. Yeah. With yeah, tattoos. Big, bulky, like burly kind of guy. He looked like a man's man. Very, like he would drive a truck kind of thing, like not to sound stereotypical. Yeah. Or he could probably beat up Paul Bunyan if he wanted to. Probably, but he seemed like a really nice dude. He did, yeah. He was just having fun in this and that, so... I, I thought that was pretty fun. We just kind of would see her throughout that day and stuff. I think the one thing that I do find funny, and I did mention this to you today, was that in Toronto, John and I, whenever we walk down the street, try and, like, make up lifestyles and stuff to, like, see if other people are listening to conversations we're having. Um, And so we'll always be like, oh, our cottage in Muskoka, or, like, our dog dog Trisket, and whatnot. And so, like, here, though, everybody's like, oh, are you on your honeymoon? Are you, like... And whatever. And I was like, we were so honest about it this time around. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why aren't we making up secret lives now? Yeah. Like, I want to kind of be like, no, we're on our 14-year anniversary. Yeah, we started dating at age 13. Yeah, and it's just like, it was a really risque time because I grew up in, like, white suburban, like, Edmonton or something. Yeah. And it was really controversial when we got together. You were together. the first colored woman I saw. Exactly, and we wanted to be risque and controversial. Exactly. So, but, you know, then I got pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, this is the fake story. This is not this real is life. This is a fake story. It's like friend. all my family's freaking like, out. Ah. Yeah, that's we should do that. We always do it back in Toronto. I feel like I was thinking about that too. I'm like, I just want to tell someone, someone be like, so what do you do for a living? I want to be like, oh, I'm an astrophysicist. And then they, with my luck, they'd be like, oh, me too. What, you know, <laughs> let's converse about this for two hours. They, all you have to say is that you want to use kinetic energy to get the waves from. Um, different oceans to provide like actual energy to like like windmills. Look at you. Are you are you no, an astrophysicist? No, and that's not even that would have been for space. But, oh, <laughs> um, what call it? But that was from Shark Tank. Oh, look at you. Yeah. I was also going to make up one where I was just like, oh, you know, I'm the head trainer for the Edmonton Oilers, and we we're out of the our season's done, so I came to Barbados. But with my <laughs> luck, it'd be someone who like worked. For the Edmonton Oilers down here, too, or something. Yeah, you have to pick, like, a super obscure, like, really niche thing. Yeah. But speaking of hockey, we mentioned in part one that we were going to try and maybe make it out to Burt's Bar, which is owned by the owner of the Ottawa Senators, and watch game one of the Sens versus Canadians mm-hmm. on Thursday night. 
and we ended up doing it. Such a cool experience. It was definitely one of, uh, probably the funnest Sens game I've ever watched in public, or just in general, I think. Because since we're both Toronto folk, it's very rare, aside from you, me, and like Danimal, mm-hmm. we're pretty much the only real Sens fans in Toronto. It's all just full of Leafs or, or Canadians fans. And soon to be Benjamin. Oh yeah, little Benjamin. <laughs> he loves uh, the Ottawa Senators. He's <laughs> awesome. But we never get to, like, we can't go to a bar in Toronto because and watch a Sens game because everyone's going to be cheering for the Leafs. There's even bars in, in Toronto, like... That, are, oh. that cater to the Habs. Yeah, like, what's that one? It starts with a K or something like that. It's on... Uh, the one we went to with Sean. It's not like Cruzog or... No, I whatever. Either, there's either. a Habs bar. Yeah, there's multiple Habs bars in Toronto. So, I mean, people can go there and watch. We can only watch from, like, the safety of our own apartment <laughs> or, like, live Skype into Ottawa somewhere or something like that. Yeah, so this was, like, who'd have thunk it, like, that Eugene... What is it, Melnick? Yeah, Eugene Melnick. Owns a bar... In Barbados, we're in the playoffs, first game of the playoffs, we literally take a cab, this is a really awesome part of Barbados, like pretty easy to, to walk around if it was brighter and whatnot, we get in there, packed house with like Suns fans, it was awesome, and there was a table of Habs fans. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just super cool, like all the uh, pictures on the walls, there's like different paintings of Alfie through the years, and there's a poster of Alfie from the All-Star game from, like, six years ago, and, like, Jason Spezza and Carlson now, and just, mm-hmm. like, team photos. So a really cool atmosphere, and everyone's wearing, like, their slogan is Hockey Night in Barbados because mm-hmm. clearly, like, they just play hockey games, but when the Sens games are on... They tribute to that. They, yeah, they, it's all that stuff, but it was cool. They had a bunch of flat-screen TVs all over the place, sat down, we were right in front of a big-screen TV next to a table of, like, Six or seven other Ottawa fans. From Canada, though. From Canada, yeah. Like, it was funny. As the game went on and as Ottawa kept scoring, everyone would cheer and they would come over. We'd slap hands and they were, we got, you got to talking to one of the ladies and you're just like, yeah, we're Suns fans. And the one girl's like, yeah, we're all from Ottawa. And you're like, yeah, he's from Ottawa. John, he's from Ottawa, but he's from Canada more specifically. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, we're from Canada as well. And she's like, my father's a dental hygienist there. Oh, really? Yeah, and like, oh no, the mom's a dental hygienist and the dad was a dentist in Canada. Maybe, was it Dr. McQuaid? You should have asked. I I wasn't there for that part. I think I was in the washroom. (laughs) Damn it, because I was like, I've, I've had, as a man with braces retainers, headgears, all this stuff. I've seen my fair share of Canada dentists and, and orthodontists. So. Um, but yeah, it was just a really cool experience, and it was awesome, too, because the Sens actually won. Oh my gosh, it was such an intense game as well. What, what? Like, for anyone who watched Game 1 of the playoffs of Sens versus Canadians, there was just a lot. There was scoring, there was big hits, there was Griba hit one guy so hard that his face pretty much exploded. On the ice, and I think they overthought what it, or underthought what it was. Yeah. Because they kept going back to him, and then it was like a pool of a blood. blood. <laughs> it was one of the most violent things I, see, I saw, but the only crappy thing I was saying is we didn't have our phones or Wi-Fi to check Twitter, and it was really loud in there, so we couldn't hear the commentators talking. And it's just like, oh, I would have liked to have heard what they said specifically like about that hit, if it was dirty, if he was... If he's going to get suspended, this or that. And we still don't know what player that he hit. Yeah, and I was also pissed off with CBC for not showing more of Paul McLean, the Ottawa Senators head coach. Like, come on, I want to see him freak out or something like that. So that was fun. The Sens won. The food was really good there, too. Mm -hmm. We had pizza and calamari and, and this and that. And it was just a cool, fun atmosphere to be in. Like, I don't even think... 
I've ever been to like a Sens bar even in Canada. <laughs> yeah. I've only gone to like Scotiabank Place and then like gone to a bar afterwards, but I haven't gone to a bar to watch a Sens game before. Yeah. So it's just fun to like high five and cheer with everybody, and I think we're actually gonna go back tonight and see game two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool. And so that was super fun. And then we got back, passed out from a long day of swimming, partying, and Sens gaming it. And then today again, our last full day, so we became beach bombs and just kind of. I did want to go snorkeling with the turtles. I finally worked up the courage, and then the freaking tours and being offered today. Ah, I know. I was so pissed off about that because I was like, uh, like I, I'm, I was on the fence. Like, if you want to do it, I would definitely do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm also scared to like swim with big animals. Yeah, these ones are supposed to be like four foot, like in diameter. Yeah, but that was fun and. That was pretty much just saying. Now we're gonna go get ready to go see the Sens game soon. We have a couple. We have one more cigar. We have to smoke. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's end this with one more game. Um, this is. Was it worth the hassle? <laughs> okay, so this was kind of a weird experience. This happened the day before we came on our vacation, or the day or two days before we went on vacation. Uh, super douche. Oh, yeah. So this is about our neighbor. I'm not this zoned out in real life. I know. I, this is crazy. Okay, so super douche, you guys remember, lived next to us, and they have a sign on their door called super douche, and during my birthday last year, she came to talk to me and us on our balcony, and she got shit on by a bird and didn't do anything. Ew. Oh, your birthday's coming up again. This will suck. There's no super douche. Yeah, so recently, we're not sure if she got evicted or she had to move out or what, but super douche moved out, and being... That she's called super douche. She moved out in the most super douchiest of ways. And definitely, it's a known fact that people who are super douchey tend to actually hang out with others who are equally, if not surpassed, in douchiness. Yeah, so this is Saturday. And it's like 11.30. Well, she started the day by moving. Like, they started mo- It was her and, like, three or four of her other super douchey friends who, I'm sure they're very nice people. I just think they're really, really dumb. And so they moved and out. And dirty. And dirty, yeah. Like, the fact that she got shit on by a bird and just would walk around outside the apartment just, like, slippers. Mm-hmm. So they moved some of their stuff during the day. And then we went out for dinner and, and came back to the apartment, like, around 9 or 10 Saturday night. And then around 11 o'clock or 11.30, we could hear Super Douche and her friends just kind of coming in and out of her apartment, like, slamming the door. And so we kind of went up to our door and, like, peeked through the... Um, people. People. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Peep through the people, and we could see them, and we realized they were actually moving again at 11.30 at night. And then it should be noted that, like, either they were super stoned, because it would take, like, four of them to move one little coffee table. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, this was through, during the day, and I was like, and the stuff that they would drag out of the apartment, like, down the hall, it was so gross, like... Huge mothballs, like, Ugh. things, like, running into, like, the wall. Like, they could have been bashing shit everywhere. But it was just so dirty, so clumsy, and so, like, disorganized. But it was so disorganized. We could just hear them, like, talking through the people, and they were just like, oh, no, this computer table doesn't fit in the elevator. Like, what do we do now? Yeah. It wasn't, I don't even know if it's a computer table as much as it was, like, a, a dinner table, oh, right? Dinner, but it okay. was, like, an Ikea-sized dinner table. And they are like struggling with it in the hallway, slamming the door for, like, a solid 20 minutes. So they couldn't get into the elevator, so they decided, like, okay, let's take it down the stairs. And now, we live on the sixth floor, and our apartment, we're right next to the stairwell. 
So I remember you were on the couch. I'm looking through the people, and all of a sudden I see them with this big coffee ta- or some kind of table trying to get it through to the stair area. And I'm like, yeah. you've got to come check this out. And I was like, are you kidding me? They're trying to take it down, like, a narrow flight of stairs that you have to pivot. Six flights as well. Yeah, as opposed to going down a fucking elevator, right? Yeah. An empty, a service, I don't even think no, it was they a service. Have, they'd be too dumb to get a service elevator. Yeah. Nor, like, you, you're not allowed to move past 5 p.m. Like, this is 11, well, at this point, it's, like, midnight. They, they had been moving for almost an hour at yeah. this point. I like to also point out, and this is my pet peeve with this scenario, is that while John and I, you know, we do throw the occasional party, we do occasionally yeah. have, like, random hangouts with people, and, yeah, like, I'll jam with our instruments, like, not loud, but I'm always, like, pretty courteous about it. Yeah. We have had... Now, like, what? How well, many no- noise complaints? It, uh, well, it, only the one time our neighbors with the baby next door came over, and they're just like, oh, can you keep it down? Our baby's trying to sleep. I'm like, well, it's Friday at 8 o'clock, so... Clearly, get them up, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, so, like, they came over and knocked, and then one time, it was just me, Dan, and Sean watching hockey, listening to music, and a security guard walked by and just knocked on the door, being like, you gotta turn the music down, and it wasn't even, like, that loud. Okay. So I'm, but, I mean, we're always, we are really courteous. And yeah. We don't, and if we do have a party, it doesn't go past 10.30, as we always go out at 10.30, and, like... The noise cutoff is always 11 o'clock, so I mean, we don't stay up past 11 p.m. busting out all this noise. Okay, so then back to Super Douche's story. It is 11.45. Yeah. This shit is going on in the hallway. Their idiot friends are, like, at the top of their lungs, like, just talking to each other in the hallway, walking, trying to get wedge this, like, friggin', like, Last Supper-worthy table through the smallest emergency door ever. Yeah, they realize it won't fit, or they, they're too lazy to take it down. There's six flights, so they're like... Okay, let's take the table apart. Now, anyone with common sense, where would you, if you were moving and your table didn't fit in an elevator down the door, where would you take apart your desk? Yeah, I would say in my apartment. Yeah, I was going to say probably in my apartment too. Where did they decide to, like, get to, to tear apart their desk? Out in the hallway. And this is now, it's now past midnight. It's like 12.15 going on 12.30. And not only are they now drilling in the hallway. Hammering. Hammering. And I think we even heard a saw. Saw. Like, like, I don't even understand what you're possibly doing. You're not, like, creating, like, a house for habitat. Like, what the hell is this? So, this is where we have to ask ourselves, was it worth the hassle to go out there and, like, tell them to shut the hell up? Um, basically, we were kind of on the fence. Because, like you said, we were pissed off that our neighbors that came, came over to our place once to complain and I'm like, why is nobody else going out there to complain? Or like, I'm like, where's the random security guard walking through being like, what the hell are you doing? And that's the thing, though. I think it's just like, for me, it was more of a principle scenario. Yeah. It's just like, I feel like people are easily more compelled to tell somebody like us like to be quiet or slip like a really submissive note under our door mm-hmm. because they know we'd be more receptive of it. Whereas like, you don't know which way a super douche is going to go. Exactly. Kind of thing. I mean, yeah, I... I be nervous to get into confrontation with someone who doesn't mind getting shit on by a bird because you know they're just crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we were gonna at first you're like, oh, should we just call like call security and tell them about it? Mm-hmm. And there's like a point where I think you were more pissed off than I was, and I got more pissed off than you were. And I think eventually we were like, it's almost one o'clock. It, the noise went down a little bit. I'm like, well, let's just go to bed. And if we can't, we can't hear in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. If we do hear something, we'll either call them or just go out in the hallway and be like. Dude. Fuck? Yeah. Or something like that. Because I feel like we could have done it in a way like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I I kind of wish now that we did, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. They're gone. 
Yeah. Super Douche never complained about us having a party, so I really do hope that we do get, like, some, like, another young person yeah. next door to us, because it would suck to be surrounded by, like, middle-aged families. For sure. Uh, I guess we'll find out. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on the podcast who moves in next door to where Super Douche. And then even the next day when we were, like, walking through the hall, it's just, like, all this dirty, like... Uh, it's like a Ziploc bag. Ziploc bag and, like, wood shavings and like, just, like, a metal kaduber thingy or whatever. I don't know. And, like, a, like all these huge dust balls. It was so disgusting. Yeah, so good riddance, super douche. If you listen to this podcast, email me at live at 605 at gmail.com. And that is how you play. Was it worth the hassle? Okay, just ending things on the podcast this week. As always, if you make it this far... I have to reward everybody with my band of the week, and I was kind of stuck on who I would like to like recommend for the band of the week. I wanted to do St. Lucia, but I already recommended them earlier in a podcast. So what I'm going to do is recommend a band who is whose debut album hasn't come out yet, but it's actually going to be produced entirely by St. Lucia, and it's a band called Hearts, and not the band Heart from the 70s who play Barracuda <laughs> or whatever. But this band, I, I'm pretty sure they're called Hearts. They spell their name different, H-A-E-R-T-S. And right now they only have one song that's officially out that you can download on iTunes. So it's the only song I'm going to recommend. But the song is so good that you're going to be like me and just like counting down, the, counting down the days until the debut album comes out. So the song is called Wings. It's by Hearts, H-A-E-R-T-S. Check them out. They're really awesome. I think you're going to like it. It's perfect for the summertime. I hope you guys enjoyed the Barbados Edition podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 1, and we're live at 6.05. And as always, this is how you can get in contact with me. Email me, live at 6.05 at gmail.com. Email me your costumes. Email me your comments, questions, or concerns. I'll write back and I'll read your comments on the podcast. Same with Twitter. You can hit me up at Malencamp. M-A-L-L-O-N-C-A-M-P and I'll tweet you back. I'll follow you if you follow me and I'll read your tweets on air. And like us on Facebook. Just search live at 605. So I hope you guys are ready for season two. It's going to be really exciting. we got a lot of cool guests coming up, a lot of cool storylines. And you never know if I'm going to get abducted by aliens again. So until next week, I'm your podcaster, John. Be easy. <laughs>